Hello, Twitter world. How's it going? Hello, hello, everyone. Hopefully we're having a good week. This week, we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome and how to kick its butt, apparently. Jake, that's a pretty bold statement. I know. Bold statement there, right? I was a little bit worried about the language, but I think everybody's going to be okay. I mean, if butt is a word that people have, are sensitive about, that's that's your whatever. I They, they clearly they have never listened to the show, show before. <laughs> I'm like, um, okay. <laughs> I love it. Well, just as a quick reminder, welcome everyone to the Writer's Block. This week we'll be talking about imposter syndrome. And if you would like to talk, please just ask request and we will get you on here this is an open discussion and everyone is welcome to talk now brandon really quick how do they request to speak so on your twitter on your screen right now on your phone there should be like a little wand on the bottom and it's got like sparkles coming off of it just select that oh i am so sorry that is not how you do it (laughs) That's the that, that's the soundboard. That's the total soundboard. There should oh dear. there should be a little button on the bottom that looks like a microphone. Just select that, and it will pop up. It'll send us a request, and we will accept it. And you are open to having this conversation with us. It's just that easy. Yep, we love to have people jump on and speak with us. Now I want to now I want to play with this soundboard. Like no, you. You do not get to play. With I want to play with the right soundboard now. now. Like I am cutting out your. Wow. I am cutting off your privilege. All right, I'll cut it off because I'm gonna get distracted by this real easily and real quickly. Yes, you are. Oh, Jake, so how's your week going? My week is actually going pretty well. It's we've had some uh, family drama today, so the weekend's gonna and the next few days are gonna get a little bit more intense i'm gonna be uh watching uh three nieces and a nephew and two dogs well <laughs> so uh our house is gonna be very lively that sounds like something insert whatever word you'd like there <laughs> insert. <laughs> what about you brandon how's your week been? uh it's been not bad i'm i'm not complaining i could be worse could be better but you know i always live on a stressful stressful realm so you know, this time change is doing me in. That's oh, that's for sure. I wish they would just cut it yeah. out. <laughs> Let's just get rid of it. So, well, so I guess it's time for me to hit you with the topic that you know nothing about, per usual. Uh, here we go I, again. <laughs> <laughs> I this it was so cute. Okay, so a friend of mine sent me um, like a TikTok video, and it was this person. They're at the zoo, and they're in front of the cheetah complex, and they're like, um. We're in for, they're explaining we're in front of the cheetah complex and there's a cheetah right there and, and they pan left and they're like there's a dog in, and it's like a lab okay. there's a dog in the cheetah complex like in in the exhibit and <clears throat> I was like well that's weird but then this guy comes on he explains actually it's very normal because they found that cheetahs live with a high amount of anxiety especially when they're growing up especially when they're pups so or kittens um so what they do (laughs) is they introduce a dog with the baby cheetah and they grow up together and they're friends 
and it helps reduce that cheetah's anxiety because in the wild cheetahs their their death rate's very high so they naturally are on edge for especially for their first year so it helps them cope with that high anxiety oh wow yeah. so okay. I thought that was interesting and it made me think you know we all have to have that buddy that helps us cope with our anxiety and don't please don't read into this jake you're my i guess i would be the cheetah you'd be my pup like uh, uh, yeah. I, mean, I think we, so we all need to have our little our little co-companion on that one so that's where i was going with that well i like that i think that as writers um especially newer writers there's this lack of community yes. or a close-knit community for that individual person. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's things like hashtag writing community and things like that. Um, but finding kind of your tribe, your family here in the writing world can be really difficult for a lot of authors. It really can be. And, and uh, I think for someone like me that I knew nothing about it when I came into the community and I've I think, Jake, that's kind of why we started the show. We wanted this to be an area where people felt safe and open to discussion because it's one thing to talk to your friends about it, but we all need that other person that's an author that's going to be like, no, I totally get what you mean by that and be there with you through the ups and downs. And that's what we want to do here, you know, not just with the two of us, but with everybody. I hope everybody here is following each other and so on and so forth and encouraging their their tweets and their writing and you know likes are free i mean and those likes make a big difference so like away likes are free i likes love it free. and honestly like brandon's saying we just want to build community we want people to make to understand that they have a place here they're not just floating out into the void <laughs> or sending their tweets out into the void yes. like your voice is important yes, everyone's voice is important and i know now transitioning to that i do want to say now jake we did have this we have an idea and we're interested to hear and jake i haven't talked to you about this but once i say it you're going to know exactly where i'm going with this okay. we, we, we acknowledge <laughs> that this this community is growing and i think it's a great response um in the very very short amount of time that we've been here what we want to do and this is where the show originally was supposed to go was we wanted to make it an op open forum where you can read part of your writing and hear critiques from other authors live, or you can send it to us and we will give you feedback or we'll read it live or what have you. So if you have that, please feel free to send it to us on the writer's block. There's um, a link on our pay on the Twitter account where you can send it in and we'll, we'll kind of beta read it and let you know what we think. Um, and we're thinking, Maybe down the road, not anytime soon, we'll do another uh, episode throughout the week, and that's what it'll be strictly about. What? And I don't yep. know where I'm going I with think... that, but that's where I'm going with it. <laughs> You're all good. <laughs> uh, Brandon and I have talked about this before. I'm glad this wasn't like totally random to me. Um, and I, I think that as the community grows, we're going to have to kind of increase what we do for you guys because. That's what we, Brandon and I wanted to do was give resources and time and energy into other writers so that you know, you know, you're heard, you're seen. And you're not alone. We've, we've all, and you're we not all alone. go through this stuff. Now, what we're about to talk about, I know nothing about. I wanted to do some <laughs> research on it, but I was like, no, don't do that. Don't lose the authenticity of the show. 
And again, before we jump into this, everyone is welcome to ask to speak, turn your mic on. You can have a conversation with us. We'd love to hear everyone um, and your thoughts and opinions. So, Jake, let's get into the, the bulk of it. Let's just go ahead and get this started. All right, let's do so, it. Imposter syndrome. Let's start with the basics. What is that? Okay, so Brandon, imposter syndrome is when, especially for writers, it's kind of a big deal. It's basically when you are, you know, writing your little heart out and maybe you haven't achieved the goals that you want quite yet, but you feel like a complete fraud. You're like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? I can't write this. I can't do this. My writing sucks. Ugh. That is imposter syndrome okay. with all the voices with included. All the voices included. Okay. That's I've definitely I've definitely been there. I'm in that current stage right now. And Jake, you know that more than anybody else. Um, now, when when does that does it normally occur right away or when does that normally kick in? So obviously everybody is different. Um, there's not a one size fits all for imposter syndrome. Um, a buddy of mine that commented on one of my posts earlier about talking about this said that he worked uh, at his university job teaching writing uh, for five years oh, wow. before he kind of felt imposter syndrome kind of go away a little bit. And he felt like he was actually able to teach and do what he was already being paid to do. Um, <laughs> imposter syndrome occurs at different times for everybody in different intensities. And it, you know, it can last a long time. It can last a short time. And it's kind of like chicken pox, I guess. You can't, you can get it more than once. It's going to be called imposter syndrome, not shingles, but you can absolutely get imposter syndrome more than once i say <laughs> the funny thing is i've never even had chicken pox so i okay um well not all of us are as cool as you well Brandon. Come I, on. I the immunization was coming around when it, we had to i think that's when it was kicking in so that's not the point um so how i and just we're gonna jump straight to the end on this one how does one get over imposter syndrome Okay, before we talk about getting over imposter syndrome, there's kind of an important thing that we need to talk about first. And this is something that not everybody is aware of, um, but there are actually five types of imposter syndrome. Oh. So, and you can have one of these, you can have all five of these, you can have a mix and match of any of these. So Brandon, I'm gonna kind of describe these a little bit just kind of briefly and i want you to tell me in front of this live audience oh, um i know scary <laughs> huh which one of these you kind of feel resonates with okay. you okay so your first one we have the perfectionist where you focus on how you do things um you just demand perfection in every aspect of your life oh did you want me to answer now Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jeez, way to pick up a cue. Oh, well, I mean, read the audience, right? Where I was just like, oh, we're not going to go through all of them. I mean, there's uh, no, no. There's certain aspects of my life where I'm like, yes, but for writing, no. I'm, I'm, 
that's not it. Okay. So here's the thing, everybody. Brandon is lying right now. I want this to take it, you to all take note that Brandon is I'm, lying. That is a yes. I for am Brandon. not lying. Okay. The next one, the natural genius, where you've spent your entire life, where you pick up new skills all the time. They're super easy for you. You just you catch on to things really quick, and people say you're just naturally talented. No, absolutely not. Okay. We have the soloist. And the soloist believes that they can handle all of the writing and everything on their own. They, If they were to ask for help, they would be like, oh my gosh, I'm so, I'm failing miserably. <laughs> I know you're laughing because that's definitely me. That's that's me. Is yeah. it? <laughs> I, I, I'm shocked. Shut your mouth. You know that's me. Now, I'm interested to see what the audience thinks. Like, what's if you think you are what? So if you if you hear one that's you, please hit a like or whatever, do a heart or something. But go ahead, Jake. Go ahead. Okay. Then we have the expert, where you are just so knowledgeable about everything that you know you do research. You're pursuing more information and. Uh, you know, since you believe you have all of the answers, or the fact that you don't believe you have all of the answers, you consider yourself a fraud. Uh, ooh. Uh, I, not so much on that one for me. I'm going to give you like a 30% I was maybe like, on that one. Yes and no, because I'm, authors are really a unique group. We know random stuff about random stuff, right? Like, okay, go ahead. <laughs> Then you have our last one, which is the superhero. Um, and you basically base everything off of your ability to succeed, whether that's in the role of a student, a friend, a parent. You just you have to be able to win at things and succeed at things. Otherwise, you are feeling like you are a complete failure. Can we have two? <laughs> <laughs> you you can have you can have all five. Oh. Brandon. you don't just have to pick oh, one. Well, you said one. You said pick one. That's well, your own fault. I you worded say, it wrong. But I would I would I go did. with that I one. I worded too. it wrong. I would. I think that that one I think is very difficult because we as authors measure our successes with how many book sales we have, and Absolutely. we and especially in the day days of social media, we compare ourselves to other people, which are generally we only see the positive side of that world. So that one, I think, is probably, in my opinion, probably the most wide of all, all of them. Um, okay. In my non-educated experience, so. <laughs> you are ridiculous. <laughs> um, <laughs> that being said, we have these five types of imposter syndrome. Um, imposter syndrome is so difficult to come out of by yourself, which kind of already puts you at a disadvantage if you are the soloist, because you really do need to rely on other people in the writing community to get you through and to encourage and make sure that you are feeling validated, so to speak. 
Um, I love that people are hopping in on the chat. Absolutely do that. Love it. But we also would love to hear your wonderful, sweet voices. So don't be afraid to tap on the mic down at the bottom and request to be a speaker. Yes. So, Jake, which one do you feel, or which ones, which ones do you feel like you are? Because there's some comments in there of who people think um, that people think you are. Um, I am number one <laughs> with a smattering of two, three, four, and five. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah. I would say number number one um, and maybe number five pretty heavily. Um, yeah, sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> So, uh, M and Hannah, go ahead and hop on here. Share some thoughts. I'll let Hannah go first. Okay, sounds good. Hannah's a first-time speaker, so welcome. Oh, hi. Thank you for having me. Um, oh, lovely accent. Oh, thank you. Um, I went to a psychiatrist. I'm, I'm not diagnosed uh, as anything, but... I went to a psychiatrist and he said, I am very likely autistic. And he said, I'm pursuing uh, perfection and I should stop pursuing perfection, <laughs> which is <laughs> no hint <laughs> whatsoever. Do perfection. Yes to be a very sad and miserable life because you never achieve something that you think is good enough. So I will second that your therapist said, and I would like you to stop pursuing perfection. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm a logical reasoning person and I always, um, so I was debating about everything and he said, oh, you can do all the cognitive therapy therapy by yourself so it's we don't need to provide you any medical uh, support but only thing I think you should do is not to be a perfectionist but how <laughs> you didn't right like how do yeah. you not do that <laughs> exactly <laughs> so no here's the thing with that that I will say and I'm in the same boat as you are, Hannah. I am definitely a perfectionist and I want everything perfect. And Brandon absolutely knows this because he thinks that I can't write a first draft without it actually being a first draft because I've already oh. been over it 900 times before I... Okay, hold on. Call hold it a first on. Draft. Before you go any further. <laughs> you said that. You said I know it. I, I know I did. I know I did. <laughs> so that, that's your own fault. <laughs> It is my own fault. Um, I will say, though, that the way to avoid perfectionism is to avoid looking at the, um, the project that you're working on as a let's get to the end and see how wonderful it is. I would say don't get to the end right away. I want to see how wonderful it is along the way. Because that's something that we need to do as as writers and authors is to find joy in actually in writing. We, you know, you cannot have heart and soul forced into there. It has to come naturally. And 
doing that means that you have to enjoy the journey. As Hannah Montana would say, or Hannah Montana, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I just said that. Enjoy the climb. Oh, enjoy the climb. I'm dying. That I'm dead. Awesome. I can't believe I just said that. Miley Cyrus. Oh my gosh. But, but that song is not. How right. old are like, you, Brandon? Old enough to know better. Like. <laughs> Hannah, I hope that helps a little bit with um, moving forward as a perfectionist because it is not something that we just are born with necessarily it's something that is definitely taught along the way um even though we might have tendencies toward it so i hope that you can reteach yourself to just enjoy it have fun in the moment and with what you're doing thank you yes everything doesn't have to be perfect mm, thank you not the rough draft especially thank you really um so Yes, I do think so, but um, I didn't, I've never known properly about imposter syndrome, so it's, I, I was only told that I was a perfectionist, so it's, as a part of imposter syndrome, uh, to learn about this, it's quite interesting, so uh, I'm learning a lot already. Good, I'm glad. Good, that's why we're here, we want to help each other out, right? Is it kind of common among uh, autistic people? It is It is very common is uh, among autistic people. It's also very, very common among writers. Oh, right. Well, I'm going to jump in here if that's okay. Yeah, go for it, Em. Um, my journey was just a little different into imposter syndrome. It took me about almost four years to complete my final draft. I know that's a long time. But um, during my writing, I love the experience. I loved every bit of the experience. I loved the research. Only thing I didn't love was the genre I write in. Nobody I know reads. Um, so I had no one to kind of bounce ideas off of except for my brother, Matt, who's in the military. My imposter syndrome actually came during the querying process, where I'm like, do I really think I'm as good as all these novelists that I read and that I listen to and that I admire? Do I really have what it takes to put things in writing that'll make, you know, that will mesmerize people and make them want to continue writing and to me it was always like it it was one of those things that sent me back to times in my life where it was no stupid you can't and I really hated that part about it was you know am I good enough is this going to get picked up and then yikes I got picked up and okay so I'm on a different journey it's getting sent to publishers. Publishers are going to laugh me freaking out of, you know, out of the world. I didn't really know how to cope with that. You know, I mean, failure is not something I'm very good at. So that's why I've noted that it, number two applies to me very well. Because most things I set my hands on, I can learn. Even if it takes me a little while, 
if I decide I want to learn it, I'm going to learn it. The creative branch of it is a lot different than a technical branch of it. And you can find imposter syndrome in either of those or both of those. It is we in this business, in this industry, it is so easy to look in the mirror and say, what were you thinking? (laughs) I mean, the funny thing is I come from a background of being a counselor and, you know, I've worked with psychologists and psychiatrists and this might make you go, hmm. Um, A lot of our clients who got diagnosed with imposter syndrome were attorneys and lawyers. Apparently they suffer from it a great deal. So that kind of makes me feel a little better that people who pros the public as being so self-confident and so intelligent suffer from the same degree of that among their own colleagues. So, hey, I try to take that into account. <laughs> well, Absolutely. I think, I think imposter syndrome is in almost every industry professional Um because when you first get there, you don't realize I am, and I'm going to use a doctor. I am a doctor. I've earned this, right? But it, it, you don't see, you see all these other successes. And I, like I said earlier, with the whole social media thing, where we and we as authors tend to measure ourselves of, well, I didn't get an agent, so I'm not a very good writer. No, that's not the case. That the agent might not think now's not the right time for this, or you know. The, the writing isn't bad, but we can improve on it. They just, they are overwhelmed with what they're getting. So they can't spend as much one-on-one time with us as the writers as we'd like. So we do have to give them a break on that one. But I mean, my issue was most thriller suspense action writers are men. Mm-hmm. It makes it that much I more difficult. I didn't know how much... How much credo, you know, the my chosen genre would actually get. That's, you know, I have written something Jake won't even read. I it's now to be fair, I it's not in your genre. It's not in your wheelhouse. Security cat person. I don't. (laughs) I don't do. I don't do scary. (laughs) It's not scary. Oh, it's terrifying. Your writing is terrifying in the best way possible. <laughs> it's not a, it's not a horror book. It's a it thriller. Is he he assumes a, everything's a horror book. Let's just We're just yeah. yeah. We'll just we call lo- it we like love it is. Jake, but uh, <laughs> he, he's precious. I am I precious. That is a great way. To read it. I told him I said I don't think this is your genre. <laughs> um, and that's okay. That's okay. It's absolutely no. perfectly that's okay. That's perfectly fine. Jason, uh, Jason, I want to give you a chance real quick. I know you've been trying to you've been trying to get in there. I was just going to kind of fall back on what M was saying too. I mean, I first kind of started feeling like maybe I wasn't real when I actually started like reaching out to get published, um, it actually took me 10 years to write my first book. 
Um, I actually had a couple that I half finished, kind of put away and all that stuff, didn't do anything with uh, for 20 years prior to that. And then I finished one and then basically it's like, oh, I, my mind started going to like, oh, I, I can't put this out to people. This is garbage, all that stuff. And then eventually I just basically had a friend tell me, it's like, you know what, just do it. Just, you know, see what people think, you know, how people read it and all that stuff. And eventually I kind of built up the um, courage, I guess you could say, to actually go out and shop it around. And, you know, after, I don't know, five or six, seven, eight, nine, ten rejections, I actually had, hey, yeah, we'll take it. Um, and then that's when the imposter syndrome really kicked in. It's like, okay, they had to make a mistake. I mean, you, you always try to make some type of mental block saying, you know what, you know, this is a mistake. Um, you know, they made a mistake or, you there, know. There's always a reason why it, right, it, exactly. it can't be real. Right, exactly. And, you know, and you know, it's, it's something that you have to go through. I mean, everyone goes through it. Anybody who says he doesn't is lying to you. Flat out. I'll just put that out there right now. I don't care what you think. Um, everybody goes through it at some point. Um, and, um, you know, you just have to kind of go through it and then work, you know, it's, it's like any other type of, you know, syndrome or whatnot. You have to work through it and go past it and then you can move on. And I've had it a couple of times when my first book came out that then my second book's coming out next month. And I'm slightly feeling it, but it's more or less, I, I already kind of know what things have gone through and, but it, it still, it still, it still creeps in, you know, it still creeps in. You still kind of, kind of think about it and all that stuff. And it's like, is this, nah, you know, they made a mistake and, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're, you know, you see. that. So many people have so many to the story of and what made it go away. Breaking up on you, you were breaking up on my end. I didn't hear anything you just said. I'm sorry, Jason. I was just saying that uh, <laughs> imposter syndrome hits us all at different times in different ways. Exactly. Yeah. And then I guess that's maybe what I'm trying to kind of. Uh, put out to everybody i mean it happens but i mean you can work through it um you might not like it 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 feels terrible but you know what just take everything one day at a time and kind of move forward um always look forward never look back absolutely And, and um you know and just keep writing keep you know, submitting and all that stuff, you're going to get rejected. Trust me. <laughs> um, it's going to hurt. And then you have to pick it up, pick it, pull up those bridges and move forward. Um, and keep going. Um, Absolutely. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, say it's going to ever get any easier and it will return. It always does. It, it, it's like the little beast that just kind of lingers in the back of your mind. It's always there. It always wants to make its presence known, but you just have to have a bigger stick and get it on the head a couple hundred times. It's like, no, not today. 
you know, Absolutely. eventually, eventually you'll, you'll, you'll hit it unconscious, but eventually it also will wake up and it will try to, uh, you know, try to uh, consume you once again, but you know, you just have to be vigilant and just keep going. Um, yeah. Just, just because it's there is, doesn't mean that you have to listen to it. Exactly. And like everything else, it's, it's your mind fearing what it does not understand or know. That's a human trait. I, I've noticed that. Anyways, um, it, it's, it's, it, it's your mind basically not knowing what other people think and what other, how other people will react. And it's your mind trying to tell you no. And it's, it's not right. So. Yeah, no, that is a you. You hit the nail on the head right there. So, um, Jake, let yeah. Can I let me ask you this? Is it is imposter syndrome more prevalent in traditionally published or in indie published authors? Okay, so I was actually I love that you brought this up because I was actually just going to bring this up myself. I would so say great both. minds. Um, they have found that through through studies and interviews and everything else, that imposter syndrome is really strong in indie authors and authors who do not have an agent yet if they are going the traditional route, which I find so fascinating. Um, indie authors, obviously, all of their um, validation, so to speak, is through reviews, how many people are buying the book, and that's not an indicator, logically not an indicator, of how many people like your book or not. Because there are plenty of authors out there who don't know how to market their book or market themselves. There's, uh, you know, it's, there are so many other factors, but right. we as, as humans take it personal. And that's so it's so heart disheartening to know that people are so hard on themselves. I'm one of those people. I'm really hard on myself. Um, never I noticed. That. I never noticed that. <laughs> you never noticed that? That's amazing. I love That's that weird, so much. Right? That's so weird. Uh, so this is, I should expect this to be more when, as I begin to query, as Jake has talked me into two, two of my books that are coming up, we're going to start querying those. I should expect this more as I go into that querying world. Here's the thing. Brandon is already a talented author who has put out two books, and he's currently revising those, and uh, he's done the indie thing and done well at it. And now he feels like he wants to come out and throw some queries around, and I think it's awesome. Whether you are an indie or a traditionally published author, we here at the writer's block are here to celebrate you. Yes. And I do want to take note real quick, Whitney, I am, I, I see you trying to connect and I don't know what's going on. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's just keep trying to get you on here. Cause I know you want to say something. So I see you girl. She's trying. And for some reason her, she's just not getting connected. So yeah, it is not, sorry about it's that. not working. And I hate yes. that. It's dumb. I hate uh, that. Um, Kathleen, you wanted to be a speaker on here, and I think we might have already passed over what you wanted to say, but let's jump back into it, and you tell us your opinion on imposter syndrome. Well, it came in a little late, um, but 
I I did hear that I'm definitely not a super genius. Okay. <laughs> I, I knew awesome. that one was, and I'm not a perfectionist, but okay. I did feel like I was kind of a solo person All because right. when I started writing my memoir, um, of course it felt very personal and I wasn't really talking about it to anybody but my husband. And, um, so I was just, I was winging it. Everything was in different colors, different fonts in the computer. I'm not computer savvy at all, but I was going to do this anyway. Um, and I had to learn that, you know, I definitely needed help, um, when I needed to put all these pieces of my book together to make it look like a book. So that's when I um, stopped being, being a solo writer and I got some help with that. Um, I, I think I mentioned somewhere on Twitter today, it might've been to you, Jake, that um, I, so many times I would get to certain points during the book and say, what was I thinking? Like, Absolutely. Oh my God. I, you know, I do that all the time. All the time. Like, you're not a writer. Um, That's not okay. But <laughs> the thing is, is it took me five years. Um, and I went, uh, I'm an indie author. I did the querying thing for as many torturous um, letters as I could stand. And th actually, the responses were wonderful, but, uh, you know, they kept saying, well, memoir is not their thing. And, sexual assault is really not their thing and it was sensitive subjects for the readers so i just said well okay um i believed in myself by then even though that was hard getting those letters but i saved them all um i'm, pr I'm proud of you for saving them all that's awesome i, I, I did i could wallpaper in my um yoga room with them <laughs> you know but well i'm proud of you for that i could wallpaper my house yeah so and I don't believe, like, I'm really, I've started um, another memoir because there's the years of 13 to 38 that I didn't mention in my memoir. I love uh, it. And they're really important years. But this time is even, it feels harder than the first time. And I learned so much the first time. And I'm going through the same thing. And I'm saying, who do you think you are? How are you going to tell those stories? And you have a lot of names to change. And I, I don't know. So I have a lot of doubts going on. So right now it's not even in the computer. It's with a pen and a journal because that feels, uh, I don't know what, safer for me or whatever. And I, I find that that is a beautiful way to write. That's how I wrote the first uh, three books, I think, that I did. Bless Bless both of you for doing that. I I would rather gouge my eye out with a rusty fork than do that. <laughs> I hear you. I, um, once I learned how to use the darn computer, um, I mean, I had to learn how to copy and paste. And you have come so far since then. Right. And I something um, I wanted to say about the book, uh, because it really wasn't about the sales. Um, I appreciated very much the reviews and the notifications that I would get after people during uh, read the book or were reading the book or whatever. 
Um, so that meant a lot to me and it led me to doing speaking and helping other survivors. So that was my goal and that got reached really early on. And even two years, it's been two years exactly that my memoir came out and in May, um, I'm, they're actually going to pay me to speak somewhere, <laughs> you know, see it. And that's awesome. That opens up that door and it all started with writing. Now, I hope this is my marketing side. I hope when you go and speak, you take examples of your book with you and kind of help promote that. As well. well, the thing is, is they, they asked me if I'd like to sell my books at this thing. So I'm going to have like a little book signing, which I never had. That's awesome. Kathleen, that is so exciting. I that is, it. that's really exciting. Make sure you get pictures and you post it all over. Twitter. Oh my God. Well, I know. And that's really not me. I only post pictures of geese. Jake. <laughs> I love that you sent those to me so much because I have, a, I'm a, I, for those of you that don't know, I'm part of a middle grade writing group called the Mighty Ducks. Oh, I didn't know um, that. We all and know. So, oh, Kathleen doesn't know about the rest. I'm of new. So ducks are a big, <laughs> are a big thing for me. Um, and uh, I need, I need more duck pictures so that I can create memes and tease my fellow um, writers that are a part of the Mighty Ducks. And uh, it's awesome. Well, in the spring, I will keep that in mind when I go back to the river. <laughs> Perfect. Um, Kathleen, yes. I do have a question mm -hmm. for you. As you've been dealing with imposter syndrome again for this book, yeah, have you found anything that helps with the imposter syndrome? Uh, besides my therapist, um, I, I well, I, I've talked. I'm talking about the book more with my husband even, and he just says, "Cat, look what you did already," and uh, so I'm rereading my memoir. I started it today. Again, I, like I have to remember yeah. how I love my book. I, I'm reading it and I'm like, how did you write that? That's really good. You know, or, and I, I said to myself, I would want to read this book. I would want to complete this book. So that's, that is really what's helping me today. Um, and um, somebody very important to me, um, sent me a note uh, today saying, you know, they hadn't yet read my book, but they really wanted to and they had it and everything, but it's a hard one and the person loves me. So I decided I was going to read it right along with them. And then I realized I was reading this book because I needed to know that I could do this. I love that. I love, I love that it. that you looked back on past successes yeah. to help you know that you have already done this and you can do it again. Right. Well, and I think that that's a big piece is when you've when you've done it, right? And you're going back and you're questioning yourself is you've done it. You've already done it. And that goes for all of us, right? We've already, we've already done one book because how many people out there, I think, Jake, we were talking about it one day where it was, well, there's statistics out there of a, a good number of Americans want to say, I'm going to write a book, right? I'm going to do mm -hmm. this, only never follow through with it. And then we've done it, whether you're self-published or not, or in or traditionally published, you've written a book, you've told a story that somebody else hasn't. 
and you don't know who's going to resonate with that story and who it's going to touch and what they, how it's going to change their thinking in general. So we just have to remind ourselves, I've already done it. I've already done the big and, and here's the thing. If you are in the middle of writing your first book, or even if you're in the middle of writing your 10th book, just keep reading. Yeah. It will get there. It is going to be a process. And that process can, can take as long or as short as you want it to, um, or as it needs to. Right. Because when it flows, it flows. Uh, Absolutely. Everybody has times when they're stuck. I mean, I think that's the name of this group we're in, right? The writer's block. Yep, the writer's block. Uh, yep. And so when I get in a flow when I'm writing, and so I started as I was reading this today, I was remembering like when I couldn't go to bed. I was up till two o'clock in the morning because I was on a roll. And then for two days, I couldn't write anything. Or I'm standing in the shower and I'm a genius. You know? Absolutely. I, and that's when they always hit is it the most awkward inopportune <laughs> yes. times yoga mat shower jake you yelled at me the other day about that i did i did yell at you about that because <laughs> what what was i keep doing? a recorder in the back thank you was, was that m that was m recorder in thanks the m <laughs> or else all those ideas just wash right down yeah. the drain because the moment you step out of the tub I know, or at night, I do keep a pad next to my bed, so... Or while you're driving. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you how many voice memos I have on my phone from driving. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, and you could probably do that I, right through your car phone, too. Yep, that whole can. Wi-Fi thing, right? <laughs> yep. It doesn't yes. work very well, but yeah, you uh -huh. can. Um... I will say that uh, Amy on here had asked or had made a comment earlier, and I want to make sure that we get to it. They said, where does comparison is the thief of joy fit into this discussion? So much of this, for example, in saw, saw so much of this, for example, in posts the past two days with that gorgeous 10 figure deal, making some folks feel like their successes paled in comparison. So for those of you that don't know, in the traditional publishing world, um, there are sometimes some massive deals that get announced. Um, and I believe this one was an eight-figure, if I'm thinking of the right post, um, for multiple books from an author. And it can be disheartening to compare yourself to other people. And I will absolutely agree that comparison is the thief of joy. And I would go back to what I told Hannah earlier, which is just that you have to enjoy the journey. We, You cannot go into this trying to see where you compare on the ladder of success. I wouldn't even try. You yeah, can't. You, you can't. And it really does steal away the thunder so to speak of of you as an author and it's unfortunate because we well, really want to go ahead jason well not only are you basically what's the word i'm looking for um not only are you basically cheapening yourself but i mean you're, you're not giving yourself the worth that 
you deserve. Those people did what they did, and you don't know their backstory. You don't know what they did to get where they're at. And you can't compare yourself to them because, well, you're not them. And you have to, you know, you, you have to make your own path, I guess. Um, and if you try to, okay, this is not working for me. Um, <laughs> don't well, downplay your own successes, right? Like, well, don't... yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, you can't compare yourselves to them. You can only do what you can do. You can't do anything more. And you can try to ascribe. You can try to do, but I mean, yeah, it's great. This person's making $8 million or whatever the hell it is. Who cares? Um, that's them. That's not you. But you cannot value yourself to, to them because their situation is a lot different than yours. Right. And Your value as an author is not right. predicated based on, on, on them. On them. Right. It, it's what you do and how you contribute or how you put yourself out there or how you write and how you do your thing is what people will see. Um, you know, it sometimes it will take longer. Sometimes it takes shorter for other people. Um, as long as you put in the work and the dedication and all that stuff. But, I mean, you cannot... You, ju you just cannot mirror yourself or... The path of destruction is trying to mirror yourself to somebody else. Absolutely. Well put, Jason. I think that a, a big thing is, is that um, we as authors need to stand on our own two feet and realize that we can be valued and extremely valued by this group especially simply because we are who we are and we've written what we've written well and i think that just because your book is not what the agents are looking for i think that's where we live in a beautiful time where we can self-publish that is now a, an available tool um and i think you you can have a successful quote-unquote successful book being indie published i can think um it's just it's it's a little bit more of a different, it's a different route that that's all it is it's just a different route you just have to be willing to put in the work again <laughs> absolutely always i mean if you put in the work it will do something for you in the end um, right. in fact a lot of the mainstream publishers are looking for certain niches now and if you don't fit that niche they're just going to look right over you. They don't care. Um, so, I mean, right now it's really, really tough being published mainstream because, I mean, let's just face it, the, in the last couple of years, how has the publishing industry been? Pretty much shit. I mean, you know. It's, it's definitely been more difficult especially for um, newer authors to kind of break through. But I think that's kind of fits right into our subject of imposter syndrome because 
it's yeah. so easy to get caught up in the idea that because an agent said no to your book or because somebody didn't purchase your book, that that reflects on you personally. And it doesn't, right. nor does it always reflect on your writing. It can be a huge, uh, a huge thing that is a stumbling block to a lot of authors. But really what it boils down to is they're... People are looking at this as a business. People are looking at this as, you know, I can't, we can't read every single book, can't support every single person. And it has nothing to do with the fact that your book is not great. Your book may be the best book that's ever been written. That doesn't necessarily mean that it fits in with everybody else's um so to speak exactly yeah yeah exactly so yeah i mean i think you bring up a really good point there jason that you know whether you're an indie author or whether you are a traditionally published author the point is is that at the end of the day you wrote a book and that is something that is huge here 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 yeah. <laughs> if I had a beer in my hand, I'd be like, here, here, cheers to that. Well, I have a vodka and Sprite with me right now, so oh, that's, here. That's Jason, close you enough, and I Jason. are going to get along famously, famously. Jake over here doesn't drink, so. I just don't, you know. <laughs> Good on <It's> you. Just... <laughs> um, for, that just means more for me, so I'm all about that. Now, I will say <laughs> that for me... I have had major imposter syndrome and partially again, because the first book that I ever took out to query was so not ready. And I got like a hundred rejections, but I was so determined to keep going. And I really should have, you know, sat back and said, Hey, you know, um, I, maybe I need to kind of take a look at this again. And, um, I think that that was probably the hardest time for me as an author with dealing with kind of the imposter syndrome. Um, and it, because I was getting so many rejections, but those rejections were a reflection on the fact that my book wasn't ready, not that my book was bad. Amen. There you go. Thank you. Um, We've got a couple of people that have been in the chat adding some things. Um, M's got a great thing in there if you guys want to check it out. I'm just going to read it really quick. Um, I bargained with life for a penny, and life would pay no more. However, I begged at evening when I counted my scanty store. For life is just is a just employer. He gives you what you ask. But once you have set the wages, why, you must bear the task. I worked for a menial's hire, only to learn dismayed that any wage I had asked of life, life would have willingly paid. And that's by Jesse B. Rittenhouse. And I think that's beautiful. Like, expect the greatest things for yourself. Expect that you're going to succeed at everything that you do if you just stick with it. I mean... Yeah, change takes time, right? Like that's that's it's not a quick overnight thing. It is not a quick overnight thing, and I think that 
some of the things that we can do to kick imposter syndrome's butt would be to rely on fellow authors. You find those cheerleaders out there and hold on to them tight because they are going to get you through all of those rough days. They are going to get you through the times when you feel like your novel is absolute crap. They are going to get you through the times when you're on top of the world and you need your head popped because it's grown a little bit too big. And they're going to keep you real and grounded in the fact that you are amazing. And that to me is really, really important. I think another way that we can kick imposter syndrome's butt is um, to fact check. And this is something that I've learned through therapy is you go through and you say what that stupid imposter in your head is saying. And maybe the imposter in your head is saying, um, this isn't up to par with this other author. Or maybe the imposter syndrome is just saying, you know what, this is not really going to go anywhere. It's not a very good story. And you have to go ahead and in your in your mind, you say, you know what, they're telling me, the, the imposter is telling me that I can't do this. When in fact, the truth is, I can do this. And I think that is one of the greatest things um, that we as authors can do is to fact check ourselves and our imposter syndrome. Well, as someone who has read your writing, Jake, I think you are personally an amazing writer. Oh, thank you, Em, so much. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, Jake, you're you're such a good cheerleader. I, I mean, I'm not, but okay. <laughs> you, Brandon, come on, you are a good cheerleader. You just have to know the person well enough to know how to cheer for them. I'm a little bit more of a blunt cheerleader, but yes, I'm here to encourage all of you. I would never say don't, I would never be like, no, you need to not quit writing. Cause that's never, that's never the answer. Just Brandon, have to rework. You and to I have would to get along very well. I'm pretty much a blunt cheerleader too. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm that blunt cheerleader. It's like, no, we're not going to win the game. Let's just go home. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it is okay to be a realist about this. Type of stuff. But I still encourage. I still encourage. Because I would Absolutely. have loved to have been there and watch Jake's face when he read my notes on his, when he had oh. me to beta read for him. I, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall. He was probably cussing, even though he doesn't cuss. <laughs> yeah, he thinks butt is a cuss word, so. Okay. Hey, you know, to each their own. Come on. <laughs> Well, I, uh, Jake, I think that's about our time here. We got a I know. couple minutes left. It's I know. Such, it's always such a quick hour. It is. And I the time flies, and I just love talking to all of you. And I hope that if you're listening to this after the fact, because I know there were a couple of people that couldn't make it to the actual live show, uh, we love you. Thank you for the support. Um, yes. Brandon, how do you feel about imposter syndrome now? Uh, now, see, now I'm questioning everything I do, so that it didn't help me by any means, but it's the route we choose as being an author, right? So I am really quickly, Whitney has sent us 
a message of what she really wanted to say, and I'm going to quickly read through it. We're <laughs> that probably going to go. Oh my God, Whitney! I'm so I know sorry. we get couldn't on. get her on to save our lives. Um, so I'm just going to read this really quick. Since my speaker requests aren't going through, maybe you can say my thoughts for me, and I will absolutely do so. Two things that help me combat imposter syndrome. Number one, keeping a document of positive feedback and compliments that I get on my writing. I cherry pick all the good stuff out, copy paste it in the document, and go back and read it all whenever a negative comment makes me doubt myself. That is a brilliant one, Whitney. I love that so I much. I love that one. That's good. That's really good. Uh, number two, giving myself permission to define my own success even if it's not what anyone else would see as successful. The eight-figure 12-book deal would be awesome, but that's not the only definition of success. Absolutely amen right there. It's okay to have small goals that you celebrate as successes and that no success is less than any other success. 100% absolutely agree with you, Whitney. I love that so much. And I think on that Love note, it. Brandon, did you look up what we are talking about next week? Yes, I did. So next week, and this, I don't know who sent this to us, but if you have suggestions for shows, please let us know. We are booked almost all the way through um, for April. <laughs> I had to do the math on that one. <laughs> that, is, that is all good. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about sensitivity readers and what those are. Awesome. That'll be an exciting topic. That will be. Okay. Everybody out there in Twitter land who is listening to this, thank you so much for your love and support. Yes. We'll see you next week on the Writer's Block. Thank you, everyone.